0: Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life and interviews with practical instruction, hopefully in a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. I want to give a shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer. It is his extreme gifts and his skill that allows us week after week to be able to produce these podcasts and get them out to you, the listener. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I do not take that for granted. Both Elijah and I really are honored that you would take the time to listen to this and allow us To invade your space wherever you find yourself right now. If you, if you want to learn more about this podcast or anything to do with Crosswinds Church, I want to encourage you to head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. That's the best way to connect with us. You can ask questions. You can, you can, um, do whatever you need to connect with us. And, and we would love to help you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, take your next step with the Lord. That's our website at crosswinds.church. Well, this is the second part of a of a two week conversation I'm having with a with a special guest host who's here with me, colleague and friend, um, Pastor Betty Reiner, Executive Pastor here at Crosswinds. Thank you so much for being here again, Betty.
1: I look forward to the conversation. We have
0: been talking about really this this understanding, this this reality of of in Scripture uh, and, and as a church, and I don't mean as a church as Crosswinds, as the church of God, that there is what we call major doctrines and minor doctrines. There's there's essential uh, beliefs in Scripture that all churches really uh, are. To, it's called sound doctrine in the New Testament. Are are to live under, and that's what unites us. But God, in His creative brilliance. And the non-essentials allows for his church to look different, um, not just in different regions of the world, but maybe across the street. In other mm-hmm. words, there, there could be a church down the road who has a different worship style than us, different ministries. But when everything's said and done, what unites the church of Christ? is the sound doctrine, the essentials. And so we could spend, really, episodes on what, what the essentials are and how they how we understand them as essentials. What I want to do is is something maybe, I would say, a little simpler. I want to go back to the very first council we know of in the church. Now, what are councils? Over the history of the church, there have been believers who have come together from different backgrounds, who have put together what we call creeds or profession of faiths, and, and you can look at the different different creeds and profession of faiths from you, know, you have the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, on, and on, and on. And, and, and what they are, they're laying out the essentials. They're saying, look, we may disagree on these things. And I, I used the example in the last episode, mode of baptism, um, whether we use uh, grape juice or wine for communion. Um, these are, are non-essentials. They don't change the gospel story. The understanding of salvation is through Christ, placing our faith in Christ alone, that he died for our sins or resurrected for our salvation. Every church, genuine church, let me make that very clear, every genuine church are going to believe in those essential uh, doctrines of the church. The non-essential when it comes to, again, mode of baptism, uh, wine or or grape juice for communion, they're non-essentials. Whether we use an organ or a live band or anything in between, that is not an essential when it comes to knowing Christ and growing in Christ. That basically comes out of preferences that I believe God in his creative brilliance allows for us to have as believers so that a church in Zimbabwe will look different than a church here where we're at right now in Canandaigua, New York, and yet they're serving the same God, believing the same essential things about him. Uh, that's also, by the way, that that would makes a church like ours maybe different from one down the road um, who's worshiping differently or has a different emphasis on, on some other non-essential. But the essentials were to be in agreement of. So it's about 20 years after the the ascension of Jesus Christ. It's about 10 years after Peter gets this unique vision, and he's called to visit a home of a man by the name of Cornelius, who's a Gentile, he's a non-Jew. He shows up 10 years after the resurrection uh, resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ, about 10 years after that, to Cornelius' house. And the gospel is received, and the Spirit of God moves in that house in a similar way that the Spirit moved in the upper room in in Acts chapter 2. And and the reason we see that is Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But for almost a decade, many of the followers of Christ believed that meant Jews who lived all over the world, not non-Jews. Peter is now face-to-face with a non-Jew, a Gentile, who comes to Christ. And he says, now I understand that the gospel is literally for all people, Jew and Gentile, which is non-Jew, Jew Jew and non-Jew alike. Mm -hmm. About 10 years after that, there's a ton of Gentiles in the church now. And there's a ton of Jews, by the way, in the church. And so the question was, do you have to become a Jew before you can become a Christian? And they're wrestling with this. And so Paul and Barnabas come back. James is sort of the leader of the church. They're in the very first council, which is the Jerusalem Council. And we read of the Jerusalem Council in Acts chapter 15. It's, it happens in about 51 AD. It's roughly 20 years after the resurrection of and ascension of Jesus Christ. It's roughly 10 years after the situation with Peter and Cornelius said, they say, okay, the gospel is for all people. And so they're they're, they're wrestling over this question. What are the essentials? It does, does, a, does a non-Jew need to become a Jew? In other words, if you're a male and you're a Gentile and you become a Christian, do you have to be, for instance, circumcised? If you don't know what that is, look it up. <laughs> uh, and you'll see that it would not be a major attractional thing for a Gentile male in, in starting their spiritual journey with Christ. And they're they're wrestling with these questions, Mm -hmm. and and they come to this amazing conclusion at the Jerusalem Council, the first Jerusalem Council, in about fifty one A.D. Again, uh, where they say what they need to do is they need to believe the gospel message, like that's essential. The gospel message that the Son of God became incarnate. Uh, That means he came in human form. Right? He he comes. He's born. He lives a sinless life. He suffered. Was crucified. Buried, which means he died. He literally died on the cross for our sins. Rose again, that's resurrection, and ascended into heaven. This is the accomplishment of salvation. They said that anyone who comes to a saving faith, this right relationship with God, has to do it through Jesus Christ. They need to understand these things about Jesus. These are essential. And that what Christ did on the cross, the finished work on the cross, is what was the accomplishment for our salvation. Therefore, sinful human beings, you and me, who hear the good news are instructed to repent of their sins and believe in Christ, to turn away from the wrong things we've done, things that are contrary to God's word and his plan for our life, to turn away from them and believe in Christ for our salvation. Where we're justified by grace, what's that mean? We're made right with God. We're made right with God, sanctified by the Spirit, which means we're becoming more and more like Christ. We're on a spiritual journey where we become more and more like Jesus. We're united with him. We're actually adopted into God's family and baptized by the Holy Spirit. What's that mean? It means that the very Spirit of God indwells the believer. So at First Jerusalem Council, they said that's the non-essential gospel, that, that anyone who teaches anything contrary to that is teaching lies. And aren't really part of the genuine church of Jesus Christ. And if you're part of the genuine church of Jesus Christ, you understand that about salvation. Now, I'm going to stop there because that is a lot. And so when we talk about essentials and non-essentials, I would say there's a lot of non-essentials, but there is a lot of essentials too.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot of essentials too that are very clear in Scripture. And all these things, if you read the Bible, are clear in Scripture. If you're in a church that doesn't believe these things, then they have to explain why they're not taking the Word of God at such clear face value on those things. They're not murky. They're very clear. Is so, Betty, any thoughts on that before we... Go to what what else the Jerusalem Council said was important for all believers, Jew or Gentile alike?
1: I just think when Jesus came and he uh, taught, and even when he taught the Sermon on the Mount, he changed things up a little bit. He didn't change the truth. He clarified it.
0: Yes, yes. And
1: so I think what this is doing for the people in this church, in this early church, is clarifying what the truth really is. Now, there was a separation of people way back when when the Lord first brought the people out, right? When Abraham first came out. And there was there were some things that he called them to do to separate them from other cultures. But then Jesus came and um has a new covenant hmm. for us and it changes things. And he clarifies what it means to really love and to have faith and to believe. And they're just beginning. Odd as it might sound, we might think, "Well, they should have got it right when right when it happened, right?" But they're they're learning; they're on a journey of faith as well, and so that's- and the
0: scriptures being written,
1: absolutely.
0: So they have the Old Testament mm-hmm. in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that they, they 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 have accepted the Old Testament as it's been accepted by the Jews. Yes, this is God's word. The New Testament still being written. Yes, still being collected, mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother Podcast, but I mean, it's done in a way that we can have complete confidence that the Bible we have today is the Word of God. Yes, Um, but but they are they're 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 growing, they're learning, they're writing, they're being inspired. You know, Paul's coming to Christ and uh, he's he's living out what we now know as the Book of Acts. You know, and 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 those things. And so, yeah, they're 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 figuring this out. I agree. It's easy to look back now, two thousand years later, and say, why didn't they get it? And yet, I have the full Word of God. And I still am getting things. And so, you know, that's important to understand that. So they wanted to make sure that whether you're Jew or Gentile, you understand that the gospel as presented in Scripture needs to be understood. Yes. Now, there are churches out there who don't believe that. I don't believe they're a genuine church. You say, well, Craig, you're being judgmental. No. Yes. Yes. I'm not being judgmental as God. God is the final judge, but I am being judgmental in the sense that God has given me a mind to be a critical thinker. And as a critical thinker, when I look at scripture, the Bible says this is what a Christian is, this is what a Christian is not. And if you're not believing what what a Christian is to believe, then I just, by critical thinking, can say, then you're probably not a believer. That's just sort of the way that goes. And, And so we probably won't have a lot in common. So if I'm with you and you say, no, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in the gospel. We're not Christians in the same way. <laughs> I guess is the way to say it.
1: And and how do you decipher those things? How do you know? And I think right in Acts as you're talking it says that he gave them the Holy Spirit. Yes. And it's and so even, so even as these are written, it's not that they were written and they changed their mind and ideas. It was right. just a growing. And they're affirming. Absolutely. Yeah, so James
0: and, doesn't stand up and make up something. No. He stands up and says, as we look at the totality of God's Word and the teaching of Christ, these are what we recognize as essential. Yes. The gospel, and then he mentions three things. So it's the Jerusalem council, a council it's 51 AD, the the accounts in Acts 15, and he addresses also three other beliefs and practices of of a genuine believer. And this is what we read. He says, therefore, and this is James speaking and making this declaration of what their next step is, especially for the Gentile believers. He says, therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God in other words, what he's saying is they shouldn't have to become Jews in order to become Christians. But he continues on. He says, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what it has been strangled and from blood. Now, let's just from the get-go say that there's a couple of things there. The sexual immorality, I think we can wrap our mind around even in 2022. The other two, maybe not quite as much, especially that idea of from what has been strangled and from blood. So let me sort of break down, if you will, sort of the, our context of what he's speaking of here. In other words, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you embrace the gospel, the message of who Jesus is, the historical, if you will, from the very beginning of, of Genesis, what will be all the way through the Revelation, receiving the word of God is authoritative and true, and, and what it speaks of salvation to be essential for the faith, and then he goes on and says this about the three things I mentioned, that believers need to embrace a belief in the sanctity of worship, That's what he's talking about, not things polluted by idols, sanctity of worship, that we understand we worship the one true God as God is revealed to us through the Word. That's who he is. We believe that, and we worship him in accordance to the way that he calls us to live and walk with him. The second is this, the sanctity of sex. It says to abstain from sexual immorality. That means that as a believer, we are to understand our identity in Christ through what the scripture says, that God created male and female, first of all, that we understand that, and that marriage is something between a male and female, and that the sexual relationship is only to happen within marriage. That's what the Bible teaches. You say, well, I'm a little upset with you, Craig, for that. I don't believe it. Don't get upset with me. Get upset with God. That's what his word teaches. And at that first council, they said the sanctity of sex was important. We understood that and that we lived by that and that we Mm. understood that was a genuine part of the Christian faith. The third, so we have the sanctity of worship, sanctity of sex. The third is the sanctity of life. You say, Craig, where do you get that from? Well, when it says to abstain from that which has been strangled and from blood, It was an understanding, as we see in Scripture, that life is in the blood. There's a lot we could get into there. It's why Jesus shed his blood for our salvation. We couldn't do this in this this podcast, go deeper into that. It's going to have to suffice to say at this moment, he's saying all life is precious, and that we've been made in the image of God. And since we've been made in the image of God, all life matters, the life of the unborn, and the life of the born, the life of those who are walking in a way we agree with, and the life of those who are walking in a way we disagree with. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter what the hue color of your skin is. None of those things matter, really. What matters is this when we talk about the sanity. All life is precious to God, and so we should live in a way that shows life will have dignity to life, and also live in such a way that we're trying to bring people into that relationship with God because God loves them, that those who are furthest from God are so close to his heart. And so James and the crew, if you will, all of them who are there at this First Jerusalem Council, says, here's the essential, the gospel message that we have a sanctity of worship, a sanctity of sex, and a sanctity of life. But this is God's directive to all believers. This is essential. And and, and really, again, James isn't inventing this. He's just freshly articulating it mm-hmm. for the church. Not just for the church in 51 AD, but the church right now in 2022 AD.
1: And I think it's so interesting and very important that you say that, because it shows that people... And some of the ways that we have strayed and some of the ways that we have been led in a different direction, they're not different. There are some things to the heart that we need to pay attention to. And so those things that are mentioned are things that we need to pay attention to. They needed to pay attention to them then, and we need to pay attention to them now. I love how we're reminded how this word is so important to us. It's not an old book. It is an old book, but it's not an old book that is not relevant today in our lives. It is very relevant.
0: Yeah, and, and, and really, you know, outside the gospel, which, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, we we, we have we dive into almost every episode. So I'm not going to spend any more time in that area. I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about the three distinctives a little bit. That these three distinctives really teach us three things about life together in a culturally diverse church. And so we talked about, especially in the last episode, that, you know, uh, for instance, time. The length of a service may look different in, in, in Zimbabwe, than it would here. And that one's not more right than the other. It's different. There's probably benefits of both, and probably some detractors of both, and and that's okay. That the, the non essentials. that isn't what what matters. But if we got together with with uh, another believer from another country um, who had a different understanding of of time, a different understanding of of, of music style, a different understanding. Of whether you know it's okay, yeah, we use wine in our communion. We used grape juice, you know, that stuff. that really, when everything's said and done, God goes, whatever. Um, I really believe that. Except in your context, your context mm-hmm. matters. Context is king as we study Scripture. Context is king as we minister for the gospel, mm-hmm. and so con- so it does matter. Your own conscience matters, but with all those differences, again, God's creative brilliance. He says there's some things that, that do unite us, the gospel and these three distinctives. Mm-hmm. that no matter where you are on planet Earth, no matter when you have ever lived as a mm-hmm. believer. So if, if, the, if someone from 51 A.D. was to show up at our church in 2022, they would go, wow, what's that on the screen? What is a screen? I mean, there's a lot of things they wouldn't get.
1: Sure.
0: When we're sharing the gospel message and we're sharing things we believe in, they go, oh, wow, we believe the same thing. We believe the gospel, we believe in the sanctity of worship, Mm -hmm. which means how do we know whether something should be in, quote unquote, a worship service or something part of our life? Mm -hmm. Is it in contradiction to who God is or not? If it's not, then use it for his glory. If it If it is, no, if it's not, don't use it. If it is, use it for his glory. In other words, can you use a song that wasn't written by a Christian and and isn't necessarily written toward Christ in a worship service in order to make a point? The answer is yes, as long as that song doesn't have things in it that are going to cause people to stumble, that are going to a list of things that would distract from the actual who God is. Mm -hmm. Um, On the flip side of that, just because a song is written by a Christian or, or part of a Christian group doesn't mean we should sing it either because it may not be biblical. So that's the sanctity of worship. How do I live my life? I'm going to live my life like Jesus. And so you know, someone may say to me, I think God wanted me to go tell that person off. No, he didn't because that's contradictory to what God would want you to do. He may want you to confront him, but you're going to do it in love. Yes. That's what it means, sort of this this sanctity of worship, sanctity of sex. Here's a big one in our culture right now, huge one in our culture right now. This bears down on what we teach about marriage, what we teach about sexual identity, what we teach about relationship between a male and a female, what, what we teach about where sex is appropriate and not. By the way, it's appropriate in marriage. It's not appropriate anywhere else. The Scripture's clear on that. And and when we talk about sanctity of life, it really drives us to not just, by the way, a lot of times in the church we we use this simply as a pro or negative abortion type of stance. And it is that, that we as a church take a strong stance for the life of the unborn. But we also take a strong stance to love and care for for the mom who's had an abortion, Mm -hmm. Uh, we love them too. God loves them too. And and by the way, sanctity of life means we also care for the person who's hungry. Yes. And by the way, and I'm just going to say this bluntly, sanctity of life means I care for the jerk at work who really gets under my skin because they're mean and they're they're prickly and they're hard to be around. But God loves them so much that I'm going to put myself aside and, and try to love them with the love of Christ through the power of His Spirit. That's what sanctity of life is. Every mm-hmm. life has value. Mm-hmm. Sanctity of sex, that that I have, a, I have a design for people, and I have a design for marriage. And by the way, it, the family unit is the core unit God established for all of society. When it falls apart, well, look outside your door. Mm-hmm. This is what happens to culture. When it works... Um, there's power within that culture, and then the sanctity of worship, which of course, is putting God before all things, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that, betty? that's 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 a lot of stuff there, too.
1: It's a lot and and I don't know what I could add to that, except that they're core. and they hit almost every area, you know. And so when you look at those things in our lives and we start to look at, what that means, this, the the Bible in its entirety from the Old Testament to the New Testament helps to flush this out for us and helps us to understand all of these things in um, how we live our lives.
0: And, and I, I think I would say, too, just, just as we sort of wrap up this two-week discussion on essentials and non-essentials of, of Scripture, the major and minor doc, doctrines, this, what is sound doctrine, orthodoxy, all these words, um, just the importance of understanding that I'm not trying to be like holier than thou. That like the my my intent here, I submit myself to this too. Uh, I'm a fellow journeyman. I submit myself to this as well. And, and when I, as a pastor, put a message together, I submit to this. Why? Well, first of all, because I believe God's way is the right way. That's why I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, also, because since I believe that. That's what I'm going to portray to those around me. That's what I'm going to preach to those around I'm going to preach God's word. I'm not going to try to change it to make people feel comfortable or, or to say, you know, you can believe what you believe on these essentials and it because do, it does matter. It does matter. And as much as I want God's best for my life, I can't believe in the sanctity of worship, the sanctity of sex, or the sanctity of life without caring about you too. And so if I believe that this is the way God wants us to live, I don't share it out of any type of, I'm better than you. I, I am purely a follower of Jesus Christ because of what Christ has done for me, and I've received him as Lord and Savior. You can or have done that too. And, and as a follower of his, I don't then decide to choose my way and saying yes to him, I've already chosen his way. Mm-hmm. And so as I grow in Christ, it's about me conforming to what he has for me, not trying to change what he has for me into my thing, and then expecting him to bless me through that. And so, you know, the early church said these things to show this is what a genuine church is. This is what we agree upon. It's just as true today in 2022 that these three distinctives outside of the gospel, the gospel's there, then these three distinctives— or how we are to, to be able to function together as a world church, a church of, of Jesus Christ all over the world, a global church um, that's culturally diverse, that expresses God's creative brilliance, but yet are united on these things. First, we, we must say no to any form of, of cultural hierarchy that demands others' conformity to our cultural standards. Uh, before we accept them as fellow believers. That's what he's talking about here, that we can have cultural differences and, and believe these essentials and be equals as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, also, uh, further, we, we must say yes uh, to the mutual respect of these differences and, and culturally, and yet say yes to these things that unite us. And finally, we must live out the respect, even to the extent of using our freedom or forgoing our freedom, of what may be permissible for us to care for those around us. And, and so there's times where I've been in other cultures where I feel like I could do something. Like, you know, I grew up in Florida, so shorts were not a sin for me. There are cultures out there, and it would surprise you, some of them are in very warm climates, warmer than Florida, by the way, where as a believer, you don't wear shorts. Uh, it's just culturally is not acceptable, and I wear pants. It's hot. It's hot. But I wear pants, you know, and, and not shorts in that setting, just because I'm—I know I have freedom, but it's not—that's not an issue. I'm going to die over, and, and so I'm going to forgo that, and I'll wear shorts when I come back uh, to where I live here. You say, "Well, why are you getting it?" There are essentials, and and there's so much more we could discuss on that. But the difference really is—is is, is the difference between this: what is sound doctrine, and what is an expression of God's creative brilliance. What are the major doctrines? What are the minor doctrines? And I just want to encourage you, and I think this would, I'm encouraging myself. Major on the majors, minor on the minors. Major on the majors, minor on the minors. And uh, you'll find that your life in Christ will be happier, by the way. And you'll find that you can journey with people different from yourself in the faith, culturally different, everything else, in a brilliant way when, when, when we do that. Do you have any last words to say to our crew before we say goodbye on this podcast?
1: Just, you know, thank you for uh, digging into some of these things and, and helping um, helping me to be a part of that and understand it. And, you know, you said it's not about perfection. It is about uh, following these, these guides and knowing that my life is important to Christ, too. And I'm so grateful for that. That's why I can receive his mercy and grace and his love, knowing that those things are important.
0: Yeah, I couldn't say that better. And so I encourage you to join us next week as we continue uh, with this podcast uh, with another guest. And um, I do, again, I started the podcast saying it. I'll end it saying it too. Appreciate the time that you allow uh, me and whoever's with me to invade your space Uh, to have these conversations. I'm sure this one has raised a lot of questions. If there's any way we can help you with this, or you have some insights you want to share with us, just go to crosswinds.church. That's the way you can find out more about this podcast, the way you can find out about Crosswinds Church, and a way that you can sort of communicate with us so we can help you in your spiritual journey. But for now, as always, be blessed and bless others.